Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Useful Things Podcast. I'm your host, John McMinn, where we like to look at useful things, things that are useful in the way of software for your Mac or PC, and sometimes maybe even your Raspberry Pi. Uh, this, this podcast, we're going to focus on a product put out by Titanium Software, and they put it out for free. Yes, you heard me correct. I've been using Onyx for a number of years now. Onyx by Titanium Software. If you were to visit titanium-software.fr, um, you would find on their website that they, they write it this way. They say they are free, fully usable, and no registration is necessary. You may download, copy, and distribute them at no charge. However, you may not modify the software for distribution. You can use them for as long a time as you want to do so. Now, what Onyx does is it does a lot of the things that you could do in the terminal. If you were to open up a, a Mac terminal and type in the commands, you could you could do many of the same things. But most of us, uh, I would wager, are not that proficient with terminal commands. I know I know some basic terminal stuff, but I don't know a lot of the advanced things. And terminal can be a very dangerous place for you to be modifying and, and deleting files and applications and basically moving things around because it's very destructive. You could have one mistake in terminal and next thing you know, you've wiped out an entire folder. So I like to use Onyx and I've used it for years now. Now the key with Onyx software with the program Onyx, is that you need to have the current version for the operating system. So each time Titanium Software recognizes there's a new Mac OS, uh, even a version of the Mac OS, so not just uh, the version 15, it might be 14.6, you need to check on their website, the Titanium Software website, and make sure that you have the right version of the Onyx software. So this isn't software that updates itself. Uh, every time you want to use it, if you've made any changes in the operating system, you are going to want to check their website and make sure that you have the correct version for your software. Terminal commands change, and um, the way that the file structures work change as we go through different operating systems. So that part is really important. Freeware means that you're really not entitled to any kind of... Uh, um, suing or damage uh, if things go badly. You're, you take the risk for yourself if you want to use it. But like I said, I've found it to be great software and the menus that they give you are pretty self-explanatory and helpful, so it's not that hard. When you first launch the Onyx program, it does ask for your administrative password, so you have to log in uh, your password so that the operating system knows that you're giving it permission, this application permission, to make changes. So, what do you use Onyx for? That's a good question. I use it mostly for the maintenance and the cache file deletion and getting rid of uh, basically junk that's on, on the computer. Um, when you do that, it also gets rid of a lot of junk cache files that have built up over time and cause your system to run a lot slower. So, uh, you get this little bar when you first launch it where it says Onyx Maintenance, Utilities, Files, and Parameters. I usually jump right into the maintenance one. 
On this screen, you'll see verifying uh, the you can they all have check boxes so you can turn on or off. The defaults uh, can be different, but usually the safe stuff is already defaulted. And then some of the stuff that might be a little bit more invasive to your operating system won't be checked. So, for example, in my maintenance, it says verify the structure of the file system. Yeah, that's a great thing. But then not checked is delete time machine local snapshots. I don't want it to delete any local snapshots if I've made any. Now, it could be that you don't care and then you could check that. But and all my time machine backups are actually on a network drive. So I don't believe that this would have any impact on that. But a local snapshot would be like if you had a second hard drive and you're making time machine backups to something that's connected to a USB port or to an internal uh, partition that uh, delete time machine local snapshots would be bad. So you want to leave that off. Then you've got the rebuilding section and it rebuilds launch services, rebuild the database, update the database. Uh, you've got uh, DYLD's shared cache. Don't know what that is, but I always have it checked. The CPC cache, don't know what that is, but I always have it checked. Then you've got the spotlight index. I don't like to have that deleted because the spotlight is how it finds quickly anything that you type in in the search bar. And that's built up over cache files. So I don't like to delete that one. And then you've got mailbox in mail. I don't have that checked because I keep all my incoming mail. I don't want that to be gone. And then you've got disk positions on the desktop and I don't have that checked either. But under cleaning, I have a lot, uh, pretty much everything checked. It cleans the system, the applications, the internet, log messages, and reports. Now, if you're trying to troubleshoot a program that didn't uh, function correctly after in installation, those log messages and reports are how you can find out what did it install and where did it install it. Miscellaneous options. You've got maintenance scripts, font caches, junk items, recent items, and trash. Some people, I've discovered, sort things using their trash because once when it's in the trash, then the system can't use it. So it's a good way, well, it's a way <laughs> to uh, sort files out on your computer uh, and then your computer won't try to use those files so that you know you're safely deleting a duplicate or not. But uh, if you have that checked, it's going to empty the trash for you, which I don't have a problem with that. But boy, I have had customers in, in the past that uh, we, I deleted their trash folder and that was a mistake. All right, then um, once you have all those checks set, then you can click on the button run tasks. I'm not going to do that right now because I want to move on with the podcast. But last time I did it, it took it about, oh, five, six minutes to do all of that. There's also a button that you can click on restore defaults and that would allow you to get back to whatever the settings were in case you forgot what you changed and you're not sure what's safe to do. You can always go back to the defaults. Then there, that's all kind of like automated maintenance, but there's also utilities that you can run. Uh, standalone, you got file system utilities that you can check. That checks the file structure, just like the maintenance thing did. You've got scripts that you can uh, that you can activate, running scripts on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. That's if you wanted to further automate the uh, system checks and such. I don't ever use that part. Uh, you'd have to pretty much have the Onyx running in the background all the time for it to recognize the script. Then you've got the time machine. You can delete the local time machines. I, ooh, I do have a snapshot in there, and I am not interested in deleting that. So that's interesting. And then you've got some manuals. Um, 
that it comes with, actually. And actually, these uh, manuals, I recognize these. These are, come in with o OS 10. So these aren't manuals that Onyx installed. These are manuals that are stored as a command line description for all of the uh, Unix manual pages or the Linux or Unix, which is the underpinnings of OS 10. So you could delete all of those or you could create PDFs out of them if you wanted to. That's kind of neat. Then you've got processes that you can turn on or off. I don't ever use that function. Uh, it says this feature is turned off by default. You can turn it on by processing accounting of all accounts into a file. Yeah, I don't use that. And then you've got some applications. The last tab is an applications tab. And there you have access to a lot of the things that are already actually built into your system, like storage management. Uh, that just launches the Apple um, storage utility um, that, that already comes in your system. Um, and you can find those under system information. But, you know, it's really good to have all this stuff in one place for you. So that's kind of handy. When you launch the storage management, it gives you uh, four options there. Store in cloud, optimize storage, empty trash automatically, and reduce clutter. So you have some neat stuff there. As a matter of fact, I'll play with that later. Uh, you've got a screen sharing utility, and that's basically a VNC screen sharing uh, so that you can have access to another Mac that's on your same local network. It's not going to work over the Internet, but it will work unless you're using like a VNC server. Um, but it's a local way of you to see other and that's also actually built-in software you got a network utility which is also built in uh, comes with your mac a wireless diagnostic a di direct utility or directory utility let's launch that one real quick oh yeah that's to scan your local network and see what other devices it can recognize and then summary service and I really think that's just a place where you, I don't, don't, don't really know what that does. You can use this application to quickly create a summary of text. Huh. So I bet you could probably cut and paste something in there. I don't think that's part of Onyx, though. I think, think that's just a shortcut that Onyx provides. All right, so we've covered maintenance and utilities. Then there's a files sections where you can modify and edit files. So under here, you've got visibility, finding checksum, erasing, Apple double packages, and trash. Visibility basically allows you to see hidden files that may be on your computer. Um, it helps you search for applications or in files in case you have lost them. Uh, finding, same idea. Uh, you, it says you can use this option to quickly find a file or folder by searching the index of the locate database, which stores all the names of items on all mounted hard disks. Creating and rebuilding the locate, the locate database may take a long time. Wait for the task to finish. So you can create, you can basically update the uh, built-in find feature Checksum. You can use this pane to calculate and compare the checksum, also known as the message digest fingerprint for a file. So that's another way to look for, for a, a file if you've misplaced it. Erasing. This option permanently erases the selected file or the folder and its contents. Sometimes you may have a, a file that uh, is defeating you from being erased. Um, 
I've actually used a program called BatchMod, which is also free for a long time to get rid of stubborn software. What happens is you install a, a program by some author that wrote it on the internet and they uh, will change the user permission settings for a particular file because they don't want it edited. Not necessarily edited by you, the end user, but they know that their software is going to be buggy or not work if any of the parameters get changed in a particular file. So the author of the software will include some little file that has the user permission setting to where you can read it, but you can't write to it and you can't make changes to it. And as a result, when you drag it to the trash can, it will refuse to delete. So this is a good way for you to be able to get rid of stubborn applications that are arguing with you. Uh, then you've got apple double. You can use this command to delete the apple double files. These files, whose name begin with dot dash, are created by the computer when an application adds resource data or metadata to a file. Oh boy, I have a good example for this. Um, anyway, I have a little um, Atari SD Max. What that does is it's a little uh, external computer, really, uh, that uses SD cards. And I can save Atari files, which are disk images, to these little Apple disks and then plug it into my Atari and, and I tell it where the which one of those files I want on the little external computer. And when I boot the Atari up, it loads up that disk just as if it was a local actual magnetic floppy disk. Well, the problem is the Mac creates these Apple double files whenever I edit. So that doesn't bother the Apple because it doesn't show what the double files say. But when you look at these little SD cards in a MS-DOS machine or in the Apple machine, then you get these little dot dash files, which are duplicate files. And it says these are created by the computer when an application adds resource data or metadata to a file on a disk whose format doesn't natively support them, such as a USB key in MS-DOS format as examples. So that's what Onyx wrote or Titanium Software wrote about that. So this is a great way if you've got a flash drive or a SD card and, and you've noticed every time that uh, you put these uh, files, these flash drives into a PC, you've got these double file names. This will help you get rid of those. Then packages. While installing a package or a .pkg, a receipt known as a .bom containing a list of all the installed items is created and stored in a system folder. You can display the contents of these files by using this command, isbom. Again, that's a terminal command. It's going to run that for you. And then finally, you've got trash. You can uh, set it to just empty trash or delete, or you can secure delete, and it will uh, delete it three times. What it means, it's not just delete, it's overwriting the data three times. So if you've got, uh, I don't know, some kind of codes to a missile silo or something, and you need that deleted to um, make sure nobody can get it off, well, then you would want to secure delete, and that would uh, overwrite the files three times. And that's different than overwriting the whole hard drive. You don't necessarily want to do that um, because you'll lose your operating system and all your other data. But if you just have a file that you need to see, I don't know, maybe it's an old girlfriend or something and you don't ever want to see it again, then you can use the secure delete with three passes to get rid of that. So that's all, all the good stuff. I'm going to go back and while we're live on this podcast, I mean, it's recorded, but I'm doing this live. 
I'm going to uh, go ahead and tell it to run the maintenance tasks that we talked about at the beginning of this, which includes like the system cleaning, the application, the internet and log messages and reports. It's not ideal to be running any other software. So the only things I have running during this right now is um, GarageBand, which is how I record the podcast, and Onyx itself. Now, if it suddenly stops, then I'll join back in and we'll find out what's going on. But I'm going to keep the podcast recording as we go. So we tell it run tasks. Oh, nope, it's going to have to have the computer restart. So I guess we're not going to do that. Um, the whole process of running the maintenance, like I said, can be about five minutes. If you've got an older machine and you're running an older version of Onyx, it might take longer because the processing speed really does make a big difference. Another thing that makes a big difference is if you've got a hard drive that's solid state versus a spinning platter. You know, most of your iMacs and such have shipped for years with spinning platters. Uh, those are hard drives with moving parts, and uh, it's magnetically writing the data onto a spinning platter. Um, I don't. I have a solid state hard drive in my MacBook Pro. In fact, I've upgraded that to a one, uh, one terabyte drive. So, which by the way, is not easy to do, but <laughs> I managed to get it done. Anyway, the solid state hard drive, I'm not exaggerating, is I would say around 10 times faster than a uh, spinning platter. It's it's faster at booting, it's faster at launching, it's faster at saving, it's faster at playing videos and such back. Um, so I'm a huge fan of solid state. Now there's no real limitation uh, listed in the help files with Onyx about using a solid state hard drive with this because really you're not dealing so much with uh, file storage architecture um, we're talking more about the operating system, cache files and maintenance scripts and uh, basically junk that you put into the operating system, whether you are aware you're doing it or not, or websites will do it uh, and some applications will do it. So we're really talking about more of the operating system file management than we are the actual architecture of your hardware. Um, but as a free endorsement, if you have the option on a new computer in the future to get solid state, uh, get the biggest one you can afford. Uh, one terabyte is expensive, but it costs a whole lot less than it did a year ago, and it costs a whole lot less than it did a year ago before that. So, I mean, nowadays you can get about a 500 gigabyte um, solid state hard drive for a little over 100 bucks, and it's totally worth it. So. Uh, get the biggest solid state hard drive that you can afford. And then uh, then you can get an external spinning platter hard drive for cheap uh, to be your backup volume because you're not going to boot your machine off the backup. You're just going to restore. So I use um, a uh, MyBook by Western Digital uh, as my cloud backup. It's basically attached to my wireless router. And then that um, serves as my time machine. And I back up mine and my wife's computer all from there. If my house caught on fire, I would grab. I wouldn't grab the Mac first. I would grab the MyBook, um, which we have downstairs, uh, because that contains all the data, and we can restore everything else once insurance kicks in and we replace all of our equipment. But the data that we have backed up, we can't. And periodically, I swap out that MyBook with another drive that uh, is at one of my family members' houses. So even if the house got totally looted. We wouldn't lose everything. 
we've got pictures that uh, could never be replaced. My my girls are still growing up, and I would I have baby pictures and such that I would be sad to lose. All right, so that covers Onyx. I want to say thanks to Titanium Software for putting out such a great product for not charging for it. I didn't have to request an NFR license because it's always been free as far as I know. I don't understand how they can afford to do this. Maybe it's just an opportunity for them to write on their resume that they're a computer programmer and these are some of the software that's been out and uh, maybe that guarantees them a job somewhere. But whatever the reason is, thank you so much for this software. I would very much like to review some some of the other shareware products that have come out. If you've if you're a manufacturer or producing or publishing a software title that is for the Mac platform in particular, I don't have a PC at this point. I do have a Raspberry Pi, <laughs> but I uh, like to favor the Macintosh uh, software. I do have a PC that I use at work in a pinch. Uh, anyway, uh, if you have a piece of software that you'd like to have reviewed in a future podcast, please contact me. My uh, email address is obuing at rocketmail.com. And OBU is in Oklahoma Baptist University, ing at rocketmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you want to write in and say that you're enjoying the program. And I also want to thank Jade Young for uh, being an employer of mine. And they let me use a little bit of time to do these podcasts. So if you're in the market for a copier, IT services, or other things that plug in, uh, that's what J.D. Young has done for over 70 years in the Tulsa marketplace. I'd love to talk to you about any of those things. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to the next podcast. <laughs>